First Peter. I love revival. Um, revival is, um, well, some of us need vival. That's like you experience the vibe, the vigor, the, the fire, the zeal, the, the outpouring of the spirit for the first time. So that wouldn't be like a revival if it's your first time. God wants to set us on fire. And um, my wife and I and my mother as well and uh, many others here have experienced um, the fire of the Holy Spirit in such a way that it ruins you for anything else. I don't know what your favorite food would be. One of my favorite foods has come to be a Uh, ribs, pork, ribs. Now I've I've had them out of the Costco prepackaged thing. I've tried to make them myself. When I was on the island of Kauai, um, we had somebody that made an amazing. What was that brother's name? Padilla. Juan could make some ribs. You remember that? He could just make some ribs. I mean, I think that's my first experience of some really good ribs. But I'm sorry to say, God bless Brother Juan, that when I was driving, I got a little bit of a ring that'll possibly make me run around the building. If you could help me, thank you. Uh, I was driving from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, with uh, Pastor Gary Brothers and some other men. Pastor Gary will be with us at the end of the month. And we, we were coming towards Memphis. And I remember seeing the signs, Memphis. It wasn't far. I mean, it was just a few miles away. And I, I just, I wasn't driving and I wasn't, you know, it wasn't my, I wasn't the captain of the bandwagon, you know. So I, we got to hurry up and get back to Cape Girardeau. And I'm thinking Memphis. Now, I was in high school. I heard about food in Memphis. And so I started thinking, man, I know they got some food over. Does anybody like good food? So Pastor Gary says, you know, I know a place where they have some ribs and mats. I said, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So we, we peeled off and went to a place where uh, I think it's where the St. Louis Cardinals train, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And, and I think the place was called Rendezvous. And it was like under a bridge. And when you walked in, you walked into the 1950s. I mean, that's what it felt like. The place was ancient. And it's had this incredible smell. And we sat down and Pastor Gary said, there's only one thing to get here. You get a full rack of ribs. I said, okay. He says, do you like wet or dry? I said, I don't know. They served, they served dry rub. He said, this is the place to get dry rub. So we got dry. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Did you eat dinner yet? We sat down when they served there's three of us. When they served us those three rack of dry rub ribs, there wasn't a sound until we were sitting back. And I'm not, does anybody, you know, you know when, when there's not one shred of meat on the bone, it looks like a piranha got a hold of it. And even some of the bones were eaten. 
those were ribs. Those were ribs that were amazing. That's, that's life revival. When, when, when you really taste and see that he's good, when you really experience the goodness of the things of the coming age, when you really get touched by the Lord, it will ruin you for anything else. It'll ruin you. You just can't do normal church once you've had a taste of heaven. You just, you just can't go back. You can't go back to a little teaching, a little thing, a little folding of the hands, a little slumber. You can't wander out of the way of understanding because you'll rest, you'll rest in the congregation of the dead. There is a place of deadness in God. I never want to go there. We left a dead church in the city. <laughs> Creedence Clearwater Revival. There had, to be, there had to be something about them just with the name. I don't think they're saved and everything, but I like the name. Dancing in the streets every night and day. I've had an amazing week. Now, I'm going to preach here in a second. Um, I've had an amazing week. I'll tell you what was amazing about it. God's doing something in our youth. God's doing something actually in every single section of our church. He's pouring out his spirit in the youth. He's gathering young adults. You guys meet tomorrow night, right? If you're a young adult, you need to get over there and be a part of that. God's pouring out his spirit in our children. Come on, our children. Some of us senior people. I came back from my, I had a little camping trip and my hair had grown and my beard was, you know, coming in a little bit. And my, my son says, Dad, you look old. You have like all kinds of gray. I was like, that's okay. It'll be gone in a minute. I'm actually, I have gray hair. It's a sign of wisdom in all the gray hair people said. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to be 21 and stupid again if you paid me. I wouldn't. Hey, I am now. I'm so grateful to be delivered. Man, it was hard to know everything and be dumb as a box of rocks. So what happened for me over this week, and then we'll get in the text, and I don't know, well, I didn't give you notes on purpose so I can just sort of roll. Now, God's been pouring out his spirit in the youth, and they've had this internship for the past five weeks, and some of your kids have been in it. And it's been amazing the, how they've uh, grown in God and the unity amongst the youth and the, that team. And what God's doing under that tent right now is just amazing. And so they had this camping trip for three days up in Denali. And we prayed about which way to go because there could have been weather and whatever. And I had, I had a day off on Monday and then I was owed a day on Tuesday. And basically I said, you know something, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, so I put my, my camper on because uh, I ain't sleeping in no tent unless I had to. There's nothing wrong with tenting. I prefer campering. So anyway, and then after that, a real nice hotel. So uh, on my bed, I actually preferred bed, but. And the amazing thing, which was challenging, was that my phone didn't work once again. Um, I say once again because when I travel to villages many times, my phone doesn't work and. And um, I couldn't call my wife. And I, I, think, I think it was one of the longest that we've ever gone without talking three days in 20-something years. Oh, 
But it was an amazing, it was an amazing gift. Because, uh, and I think my brother Matthew said this, and I believe it to be true, that one of the prime assignments on the church and on Christians today is an assignment of distraction. And my phone didn't work, and I was really, you know, if I didn't get back to you, I mean, I have a thousand emails, you know, uh, uh, the 22 texts when I finally reconnected. And if I didn't get back to you yet, I'll get there. But disconnecting, it was like I couldn't, I couldn't read my Bible electronically that way. So I broke out my Bible. I have, an, I have different. How many of you got a bunch of Bibles? I broke out a Bible that has all kinds of notes in it. And uh, I pulled that out, and it was like an eight-point font, so I used some glasses. And I, I, dev- I devoured the Word. I just devoured it. It was just hours and hours. I'll share this one experience for those of you that have teenagers or junior hires. When we first got there, I went into my camper, realized, oh, it's just me and Jesus. This is awesome. Because I wasn't really running anything. I spoke to him a couple times and was just there for, you know, bear protection and stuff like that. Got to carry a 44 Magnum walk around. And God came down in my camper and and just began to touch me. And I'm with Im- impacted by his presence. And I worshiped and prayed and read the word and worshiped and prayed. And it's like the clock spun. And his presence lifted. Now, many of you know what I'm talking about. When his presence begins to lift, then you feel like it's done. I just want to tell you, you can say, no, no, no. How can you come on back? <laughs> you, you know, you can press in and keep going deeper. But I felt like the Lord, it's time to just make sure they know I'm not dead in my camper. So... I went back out there, and I walked out to another planet. First of all, the things of the world go strangely dim in his presence, right? I was filled with joy. I was weeping. I walked out into sheer chaos. There was a game of sardines or something. I I think that's what they call it. They call it sardines. And there was these kids running everywhere screaming and yelling and laughing and everywhere I looked there were there were like squirrels it was like an invasion of youth everywhere and I just thought oh my god what have I done what have I done I should have just parked my camper somewhere else and I went to the campfire and I told minister David and Forrest who was there also for bear protection and I said I'm in shock right now and they said, oh, yeah, welcome to, you know, welcome to the ministry of junior high and high school. And I was instantly in the flesh. Like, I, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I just want to, hey, hey, I just want to, can you be quiet? Stop, hey. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I thought, I didn't do that, but that's what I wanted to do because they were, they, were, they were messing up my jam. You know what I'm talking about? They're ruining my vibe. I'm, I'm going I'm to bring this end to First Peter in just a second. And, and revival and, and the ribs and everything I'm talking about. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm setting you up. There are forces at work. Now, I'm not saying that was evil. It wasn't. They were just having fun and they were having a great time. And how many of you know you should have fun in God? If you can't have fun in God, well, you probably just dried up pharisaical spirit on you and you need to get set free. You get... You, you got to have joy. Come on, joy. The joy of salvation. Joy. 
Did I offend you? Get healed. If you don't have fun in your walk with Jesus, there's something wrong. I don't know if you've ever been witnessed to by somebody who's miserable in their walk. Hi, just want to tell you about the Lord. And, and he really loves you. And if you don't have, you're going to hell. I'm just kind of like, I got enough problems. I don't want to talk to you. You know what I think? There are forces at work, and this was uh, an illustration for me. It wasn't evil. It was fine. They were having a good time. I just wanted to go back and get back in the cloud. There are forces at work that try to destroy revival. And I will tell you, if you look around tonight, there's uh, in the church overall, everybody all included, there's better, there's more than 350 plus people. And honestly, there'd be more if we had more parking in a bigger building. You know, you had, to, you had to overcome some of the challenges and get here, whatever. And, and, and God is pouring out his spirit. I believe it's the beginning of a revival. I, I really do believe that. I, I believe that Pastor Karen was handed by one of our beloved church members for the past 20-something years as collected. Thank you, Christine. It came from you. Prophetic words. From before we got here, you know, his word is true. His word is sure. Prophetic words that were spoken. I'm going to go through them all. I can't wait because they are really amazing. It's amazing how God speaks prior to us getting here, you know, with the gables that were here and, and uh, the whole previous church prior to coming here and moving to this building, and now we're going back. It's a miracle. There are forces at work, even now, that want to destroy what God is doing. And so... I'm going to decapitate one of those spirits tonight. This is one of my favorite things to do. Are you all there? Now you can stand up. 1 Peter chapter 1. We stand for the reading of the word, and we do that just as a, a way of honoring God's word. You know, it's not time to text, not time to chat. It's time to just read the word and, and receive. And you can, If you need to get up and... Take, get a drink of water. It's okay. We're not all uptight like that, but I'm just saying let's honor the word, all right? Here we go. First Peter chapter 1, find verse 23, and if you're all there, say hallelujah. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is a word that was preached to you. Go to chapter 2. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, Envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up. Come on, someone say grow up. Grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Father, we thank you and praise you for what you've done already. And now in the moments that remain on this beautiful Wednesday night. I pray for all of us under the hearing of my voice as I preach your word that you would burn truth into our hearts, that we would be quickened by your spirit, by the truth, 
by the word of the Lord that endures forever, not only us here, those that will listen at a later date, those that are online, those that will even have this word shared because people here will go and carry it through the notes that they take and through that which is written even upon their own hearts. So move in power. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about slander and gossip. Slander and gossip almost killed this church prior to us coming. And upon our arrival, there was many things that were taking place. And that's not uncommon. That's common. But this is a fallen human nature. People do things and they're unhealed. Stuff happens. But slander and gossip are an evil that tries to break up churches, break up families, break up communities. It's trying look fake news. It's, it's, it's wreaking havoc in our nation right now. Slander and gossip. And it's hard to know actually what's true and what isn't. I remember many years ago we had a, uh, a group of well-meaning, zealous believers in our church, not here prior to coming here. And um, I was pulled aside by these two folks and they said, here's what we want you to do. We, we want you to sit right behind Dr. Morocco in the worship service. So, you know, they'd be like right like here. And I'd say, um, okay. They said, because there's that you've seen her, haven't you? I'm like, who? There's that lady. You know that lady. She's a witch. Now, th- this, was, this was, it was on right back then. I, does anybody remember the whole, there are witches and warlocks. I'm not saying there aren't. And do they come to churches? Sure. They end up with their own warts and diseases because like an undeserved curse. I'm not nervous about any of that. Come on, God's bigger. God's glory is bigger than anybody's sin. God's power is bigger than anybody's disease. God's power bigger than any other curse. Unless, of course, unless, of course, you're in sin, then you can just put a bullseye on your chest and wait for impact. So they, they you know, there's this witch, and we, you know, and, and we believe that she's trying to curse Dr. Morocco. And I did see this lady, and she was a little unusual. In fact, I don't think she had a pointy hat, but maybe she had one in the car. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? No, no, none of you know anything about that. Okay, well, this is what happened. And so I felt empowered to be the champion for Dr. Morocco. And so I began to sit behind him. And, it, and, and I was very suspicious of the lady, and she was unusual. So finally, I thought, Dr. Morocco, somebody needs to talk to Dr. Morocco about this. We need to straighten this out right now. I'm going to talk to the apostle. I'm going to go talk to him. So I was in leadership and a part of his, uh, his training, raising up of pastor's classes that I was in. And so I went and knocked on the door, made an appointment, and says, yeah, come on in. I said, Dr. Morocco, I need to talk to you about a very serious problem we have in the church. And he, I think he cracked a smile, actually. I, he said, okay, Daniel, what is it? He says, well, you might have seen her. She's right behind you just about every single service. She's a witch. And he just goes. <laughs> and he looks back up and he says, have you talked to her yet? I said, <laughs> No. <laughs> no. He says, 
why don't you, uh, why don't you do that? I said, what? He said, yeah, why don't you go talk to her? I said, okay. He says, in fact, I want you to just go talk to her. I said, okay. He says, all right, see ya. So as I'm walking out, he says, Daniel, come back here. I come back in his office. He says, you can still talk to her. That'd be good. Do you know how many people I've had come to my office about this precious lady that loves the Lord? He said, she, he said I, I, I don't want to tell you her whole testimony because maybe she'll tell you. She's come out of uh, great darkness just like you did. And I fear, yeah, how's that for a slap? <laughs> just like you. And, and I fear that because nobody's doing Matthew 18, 15, that she will not make it through. And he made me turn to Matthew 18, 15. We'll look at it here in a second. She, he made me turn there. I looked, I read it. It talks about how to confront sin, how to confront a brother, and so on and so forth. I never got the opportunity to actually, I mean, I was nervous about it too, but I never got the opportunity because she never came back to church ever again. And, and I don't know what happened with our connect department. I, I, has anybody, don't raise your hand, if you've been gossiped or slandered about before, have you? It's one of the things that destroys revival. Greed's another thing. You can do a study, and uh, I wouldn't call myself a student of revival, but I, I, I've had times of studying revival, and Brownsville revival, different revivals and outpourings, even the Azusa Street revival. How many wave your hand if you heard about the Azusa Street revival? You hear, read stories about that and how there was fights over the mailing list. There were fights over the mailing list so that you could get... You could get a hold of the mailing list and, and, and get a gathering and, and, and receive offerings. And there was all kinds of greed that have happened. Greed, gossip, slander, malice, deceit. These things can destroy revival. So is this happening right now in the church? Well, it's always, you know, the, the church is filled with imperfect people. If you're imperfect, raise your hand. We all, we all, Right? Let's look at this. Because of who we are, we're born again. That's the first verse. We are born again right there in 1 Peter 1. Born again. Do you remember when you got born again? Do you remember when you were saved? When my brother John was, became a born again Christian, they put it all together. I don't know if you remember that, Mom, but they would say it so fast. I'm a born again. What is a born again? I'm a born again Christian. I thought it's like you're a Catholic, Presbyterian, born again. I thought, like, I never heard of that one comes from John 3. You're born again. There's certain things that you do because you're now new in Christ and certain things that you need to get rid of because you're new. And it's an act of, of, of discipline, an act of your discipleship, an act of maturing in Christ to get rid of certain things. And if you don't get rid of them, they will rob you, steal from you, kill from you. They, they will do all kinds of havoc in your family, in your church, in your life group, in your ministry, in your business. If you're not born again, we'll give you an opportunity to, to, uh, to remedy that here at the end of our service. Crave sp pure spiritual milk. Crave the milk of the word. You know, honestly, it's not like I backslid, but by comparison, what I experienced in my, in my camper, I did. 
See, because as, in my life, it's just so busy. I get the, I mean, okay, we can always make excuses. Everybody has them. Building project, the multi-staff, the, you know, multi helping other pastors, counseling, studying the word, preparing to preach, you know, three different times, which is honestly the, the greatest blessing in my life is to prepare to preach and preach. That's like the candy. Somebody told me, oh, you're going to burn out. You're having church way too much. I'm like, I don't know what you think church is, but this ain't it. This is awesome. Let's do some more. I'd like to do it every night. And said, so you got to watch your vocal cords. Whatever. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Say, Lord, help me. I wasn't backslidden by any means. I've told my wife at times, man, I feel backslidden. She said, honey, you're backslidden as somebody else on fire. I thought, well, but when you feel backslidden, then you are feeling backslidden. There's so many things that want to rip you off from an encounter with God. Listen, if, if you'd shut your phone off, turn off Netflix... Push yourself away from the indulging of uh, all the food, maybe, for a season. And put your face to the ground until he showed up. You'd have miracle power in your life that you don't want to have right now. There's a satisfaction. There's a tasting and seeing that the Lord is good that only comes. Come on, the secret of the Lord, he confides with those who fear him. And many times we don't have a, haven't positioned ourselves in a way to hear him where he can speak to us that changes us. So we'll call the prayer group. We'll, 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 we'll put out a post. We'll, we'll put up an Instagram or a Telegram or a Snap. Or we'll do something like that to get people to pray for us. Or maybe, maybe some reasons that are not so good. Maybe to elicit pity or to get or manipulate people to help you to, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying getting people praying for you is bad. It's good. It's absolutely good. But good is also the enemy of great. And God wants to release his power on your life. You've got to crave pure spiritual milk. But come on, if you latched on to something else, how are you going to get some, some pure spiritual milk? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Come on. So as a born-again believer, now that you're born again, right, you crave pure spiritual milk, and it goes on to talk about seed that's not perishable, it's imperishable. In other words, that which he's placed on the inside of you will never rot. Right. My wife gave me a flank steak to go eat at the camp. But they served so much great food over there that I took the flank steak and put it in the freezer, my little itty-bitty freezer in my camper. Listen, God has got food for you, but if you, don't, if you don't position yourself to eat it, then if you don't crave, cravings, crave, do you crave? I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. I'm going to go back to my camper because I couldn't wait to get back to the Word. It's like an indictment for me. I, for you, when's the last time you felt like that? You're like, dude, I never felt that way. Well, maybe you've been feeding on something else. The word for soul, your soul is, is, an, is another word for thirst, hungry. You're naturally hungry. And if you don't feed yourself with the pure spiritual milk of the word and you don't grow up and taste and see that he's good, then you might settle for something else that tries to satisfy. All right. Slander is, it, it, 
the text goes on to say, therefore, as a result of being born again, imperishable seed, crave pure spiritual milk, therefore. As a result of all that, get rid of, and he goes, I'm not going to go through all the hypocrisy and hatred and deceit and all that, but I am going to talk about slander. Slander. Slander's a problem. Slander's a problem in our culture. Slander's a problem in our nation. Slander. What is it? It's associated with gossip. The Apostle Paul, uh, on both occasions, tied gossip and slander together. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, as I teach you now, verse 20, For I am afraid that when I come, I, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that though there may be, pardon me, I fear that there may be discord, Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. He goes, he says in Romans 1 and verse 30, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful, they invent ways of doing evil. Wow. They disobey their parents. Both gossip and slander are tied together like the two sides of the same coin. It's sharing information about someone and sharing more than you should share. It's described by a number of Greek words, which I can't pronounce, but I will tell you they mean accusation, uh, defaming, speaking against someone to defame them. In fact, the actual Greek word is the, the word for blasphemy also, blaspheming. It's blaspheming a person. Has, has anybody ever had this happen to you? Welcome to humanity, and it is one of the ways the enemy operates to not only destroy a church and to destroy a, a business, a family. It's a way he operates to assassinate someone's character. Where does it come from? Mark seven twenty two. What comes out of a person is what defiles them, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality. Where does it come from? Out of their heart, evil thoughts out of their heart. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Wow. In Luke chapter 6 and 45, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In Psalm 109, this is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to turn it loose. I'm just going to let the word do the work. You ready? You ready? Brace yourself. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, hold on. Slander often arises from hatred. Psalm 109, with words of hatred, they surrounded me and attacked, attacked me without cause. Slander and gossip. Idleness leads to slander and gossip, 1 Timothy 5.13. In other words, people that slander and gossip just don't have enough work to do, or they don't do any work. Verse 13, uh, 1 Timothy 5.13. Besides that, they get into habit of being idle and going about from house to house. Not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. The wicked are addicted to slander and to gossip. Whoa. Psalm 50, verse 20, you sit and testify against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. 
Hypocrites are addicted to gossip and slander. Proverbs 11.9. Are we having fun yet? With their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors. But through knowledge, the righteous escape. Slander and gossip is a characteristic of Satan himself, the devil. A characteristic of the devil. Revelation 12.10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of the brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. The wicked love slander and gossip. Psalm 52, verse 4. Those who indulge in slander and gossip are idiots. Proverbs 10, 18. Yeah, go look it up. It might say fools, but I prefer to say idiot. Women are warned against slander and gossip. I, I kind of wondered why that was there. Men and women are different. And I'm not saying anything evil about women, but what I am saying is women talk more. So it, they have a gift of communication. They, in fact, it is said that a, a woman can speak two-thirds more, all the men, Amen. you know what I'm talking about, two-thirds more than a man. Well, Ecclesiastes said where, word, where there are many words, sin is not absent. So you have to be careful if you're losing a lot of words. Some of you use a lot of words that you shouldn't. Ministers' wives should avoid slander and gossip, 1 Timothy 3.11. It's actually, it's actually criteria that it would disqualify you if you want to go into ministry and your wife or, or you are a gossip and a slander. You're disqualified. It doesn't matter what kind of anointing you think you have or how smart you are or how well you can sing. or it doesn't. None of that stuff matters. You're disqualified by character. If the anointing on your life... I, 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 you guys said this. I got this from you. I milk a lot of cows but make my own butter. If the anointing on your life exceeds your character, you're going to blow up. You have to have character. Wow. Saints should keep their tongue. How many saints in here? Hagios. Raise your hand. You're all saints. You don't have to be voted in a couple hundred years from now that you're a saint. You're a saint because Jesus died on a cross, rose again from the grave. You're called Hagios. You're a holy one. Come on, raise your hand. You're a saint. If you're born again, you're a, you're a what? You're a saint. You're a what? A saint. Right. A holy one. You're made holy by the blood. All right, saints should keep their tongues from gossip and slander. Psalm 34, verse 13, 1 Peter 3, 10. Should lay aside all slander and gossip, Ephesians 4, 31. We're warned against slander and gossip, Titus 3. Should give no occasion for slander and gossip. Should return good for slander and gossip. Wow. Should be, we're blessed for enduring slander and gossip. That's Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. We should not listen to slander and gossip. First Samuel 24. They were gossiping about David and Samuel and Saul was listening to it. And they said, why, why do you listen to the slander about David? Tormented him. Wow. Blessed for enduring, I already said that. Causes anger, Proverbs 25, 23. Effects of slander and gossip, it separates the closest of friends. Proverbs 16, 28, Proverbs 17, 9. Brings deadly wounds, Proverbs 18. Brings strife, Proverbs 26, 20. Brings discord and division among brethren. That's us, brethren, sister, and us. Proverbs 6, 19. Is an aspect of murder. 
Psalm 31, 13, Ezekiel 22, 9. Wow, it's venomous. Psalm 140, verse 3. It's, it's, gossip and slander is destructive, Proverbs 11. This is interesting. This is interesting. You got to go to this one. You got to go this way. Ecclesiastes 10. Go to Ecclesiastes 10. Well, shut my mouth. Come on, someone say it. Well, shut my mouth. Put it up on the screen if you can. Ecclesiastes 10, 13. At the beginning, their words are folly. At the end, they are wicked madness. Actually, to understand that, that if you are a slanderer and a gossip, you'll end up crazy. You will end up in sheer madness. It puts you under a curse. Listen, if you don't understand something, shut up. Don't talk. Let the words of blessing come on. Come on, a salt water and fresh water can come out of the same well? I don't think so. Come on, we, we have to speak life. Be on God's building crew. Don't be on the devil's wrecking crew. And if people talk, stink about you or somebody else or the church, or you just st- stop it. Punishment. Punishment for slander and gossip. Deuteronomy 19. It's really a, a, a potential problem for anyone. You have to be careful. And uh, a slander and a gossip will be severely judged. Amen. And well, they're born again. Well, they're still going to get judged, and so are you, and so am I. We'll all judge us because you're born again. I don't want to, I'm not demeaning that. That's the greatest miracle of all, being translated out of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's amazing. But you're still going to be judged. Come on, somebody say, woo And there'll be rewards. There's rewards. There's closer proximity to the throne. I think we could maybe prove that later. The judgment seat of the believer. As a believer, yes, you get to go to heaven. But then you're judged on on how you did your your gifts, your talents. You know what real success is? Fulfilling your divine assignment. You know how you fulfill your divine assignment? I just talked to the youth about this. Greatness is, is a desire for every single human being, and God invites you to be great, but greatness according to God, what God says is great, and greatness according to what the world says is great, two very different things. Where greatness doesn't mean that you have lots of money, doesn't mean that you have fame, doesn't mean that you have worldwide impact, greatness doesn't mean any of that stuff. Great in, uh, in the eyes of God and the sight of God is very different than greatness in the eyes of the world. Greatness in the eyes of God is, is having what God says you can have, being who God says you can be, doing what God says you can do, so the when, it's over. And this is just an internship. As I was talking to the interns, they had a five-week internship. I said, newsflash, actually, it's your lifetime. Is an internship. I'm going for 120, and then I'll graduate, or we'll get sucked up and raptured before that. I mean, I don't know, but then the real thing happens 500 years from now. 500 years from now, you will still be alive. And you're not going to be wearing a diaper and a cute little harp flying around with these cute little miniature wings coming out of your shoulder blades. That's not the way it's going to be. You have a job to do. There's, there's the age to come. And so many people don't understand that you're in training. You're in school right now teaching you to rule and reign. 
So what greatness is has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with how big your house is or how small it is or how much influence you have. Nowhere in all of Scripture are you exhorted to have any of that. Now that might happen as you serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But what we are exhorted is to, is to heart responses, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, and all our strength, which really transcends all the other nine commandments. If you'd spend more time with God worshiping Him and, and, and weeping and crying and letting Him fill you and touch you, craving this pure milk of the Word, you wouldn't be so worried about the devil. Some of you are so scared about the devil, it's like you're practically worshiping him with all your worrying. No, there's a judgment that comes to all of us. And it says that you'll receive rewards. There's a reward system. I mean, that's kind of interesting. Maybe we should preach on it. I have before, but it's been a while. There's rewards that come. And it's not like, you know, you, you, know, you get, anybody see the Stanley Cup? That thing is gigantic. Did anybody ever see the Stanley Cup that hold that thing? Oh, it's not like you get this reward and you get to hold it up, you know. <sighs> yes, yes, I have done great things for the Lord. Yes, this is my trophy. Yes, I submitted and, and served and I gave. Make way. That's not why he gives you rewards. It's his way of saying, of just honoring you. There's no boasting. There's no flesh in heaven. It's his way of rewarding you. Seeing when you deferred and you put your flesh down. It makes, listen, thinking, understanding this makes every second of your life worth living. Every moment is worth living because you'll be held to account for it. So slanders and gossips are judged severely. Let me read this to you. Matthew 5, 21, 22, pardon me. But I tell you on anyone who is angry, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to the judgment. I mean, it goes on and says, and again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. Anyone says you fool will be in danger of hellfire. Raka is a defaming word. If you've called somebody a moral fool, that's what that's saying. You've basically murdered them. If you, if you share gossip and slander about somebody, you are assassinating them so that they can no longer really overcome that. It's, it's an act of murder. That's crazy. Whoa. First Timothy 5.13, as younger widows, do not put them on such a list. For when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Verse 12. Thus they bring judgment on themselves because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, they get into the habit of doing idle and going about from house to house. Not only do they become idlers, they become busybodies who talk nonsense and say things that they ought not to. We have to be careful of gossip and slander. All right, how to deal with gossip and slander? How to deal with it? Number There's eight things, and I'll go very quickly. Number one, love from the heart. Everybody say love from the heart. Love from the heart. Now that you've purified, this is verse 22 of the text that we looked at, 1 Peter 1 and following. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth. Oh, no, I think I've got a, it is scripture, but where is it? 1 Peter 1 and 22. 
Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for one another, love one another deeply from the heart. Listen, when you really love someone, you're not going to slander them. You're going to protect them. When you really love someone, when you really care for someone, and their faces see, their, their angels see the face of God every day, and you have the unmitigated gall to say anything about them, that's a special sort of brain damage. When you really love someone, you're not going to gossip and slander about them. Wow. Secondly, crave the pure milk of the word. Crave the milk of the word. This is how to deal with gossip and slander. Love people. Secondly, crave the milk of the word. You know, the more you fill yourself with the word, the more you grow in the knowledge of God and you add to that godliness and, and you add to that brother, brotherly kindness and love and, and you add these in increasing measure. Scripture talks about that. Then you're going to keep yourself from falling. But I've found that when I'm not in the word and I, and I don't spend time in prayer like I ought to because I get distracted or other things vie for my attention and I don't have that as a cornerstone of my daily discipline, and listen, Christianity is more than a discipline. But there are things that try to... In your marriage, how many of you are married? You're married, all right. So you, you husband, wife, you're married. Okay, there's things... I need a date right about now. Okay, so we're going to have one this week. I don't know what happened the past couple of weeks, but we're overdue. Okay, so, so... And we have sort of this inside, you know, turkey popper thing. It's time for us and nobody else, right? You have to have that with the Lord. I'd encourage you to have a daily discipline of it, but sometimes things happen to get in the way and you have to to fight against that. And if you don't, I find that I end up getting more fleshly. I end up, when I don't spend the time in the Word and it's time in His presence and time in worship, then it's easier for me to snap or, or get a little bit more irritated. Don't look at me like that. You guys are the same way. Crave the pure milk of the word. Confront correctly. Go ahead, turn there now, Matthew 18, 15. Put it up on the screen. I love confrontation. Fixing to do some here in a little bit. Not in this service. Unless, of course, you need to. What do you mean by that? If somebody stands up and starts acting like they've got a chicken, you know, in their spirit, then we're going to help them. Somebody starts manifesting some weirdness, you'll be ministered to. We, we have keywords, ushers, please minister to this man or woman. And then they come, jack you out the service with the love of God, take you in the back, break the devil off you. Amen. Amen. And if you're, not, if you're not willing or you need some longer ministry, we'll put you in a back room and we'll minister to you. But you're not going to interrupt the whole service. I'm going to confront that thing. Not everything's the Holy Spirit, you know. Are, are, are you all there? All right, let's, let's put, did you put it up on the screen, my screen people? Matthew 18, 15. All right. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you and Facebook. No. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you and Instagram. Uh, just between the who of you? You can make it if you try, just to do you and I. You did that on purpose, didn't you, Pastor? If they listen to you, you've won them over. So what, what, what do you do if somebody, if, somebody, 
if somebody gossips or slanders about you. One of my favorite, I, I love confronting it because I don't know why. Maybe it's, maybe I need healing. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> so my mother says, it's possible, yes. I was, uh, I was in a group of people many years ago, 20 plus years ago, and um, this lady comes up to me, I mean, spitting mad. Eyes bulging, veins, everything ugly, really mean and ugly mad. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So, Pastor Daniel, I heard what you said about me. I'm like, whoa, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, I heard that you think that I'm this and I'm that, and I heard, I heard what you said, and I'm confronting you right now. I said, stop, 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 stop. Where'd you hear that from? Oh, Sister Bucketmouth. That wasn't her real name, but that's what she was. Sister Bucketmouth told me that, that. I said, you know something? I saw Sister Bucket just a second ago, and I never said that. In fact, let's just go talk to her. She says, okay. I said, great. So we walked over. It took us five minutes to find Sister Bucketmouth, and finally when we found her, it was like she was all, ah, all the blood drained out of her face. I mean, you could just see like, oh, my God. You know, she just wanted to run. And I said, um, Sister, uh, Auntie here is really angry because she thinks I said such and such and so and so about her. And she said that you said that I said that. And she says, no, I didn't say that. She says, you did so, you did so, you did so. And she, this lady just rips the other lady. That's not what I meant. I didn't mean it like that. I said, where did you even get the original thought from? Because it wasn't for me. I don't know. I said, okay, I'm just going to let you guys work it out. Y'all work it out. I'm going to pray for your Lord. Help them. Amen. I was like, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Confront stuff. Don't go talk to somebody else. Don't get on Facebook. Go talk to the one that you heard it from. And when somebody says, oh, so-and-so. Oh, I love this one. Pastor Karen and I love this one. There's a lot of people that are talking. About, I'm, we, don't ever come and say that to me, all right? They're, listen, there's a lot of people that are talking about. <laughs> Lip hanging so low you can suck marbles out of a gopher hole. Because the next thing I'm going to say is, what people? No, there's really, there's really a lot of people. I said, name them. And they don't like that because they don't want to name anybody. And really... It's just them, usually. And then we're able to lovingly diffuse that. Amen. When somebody does something against you or something happens, just do Matthew 18, 15. Confrontation's important. If you don't confront stuff in your house, you'll have the devil in your house. You don't confront stuff in your business, you'll have the devil in your business. If you don't confront stuff in a church, you will have the devil in the church. And it goes on to give some further instructions, and you can go and read that. You know, what if they don't listen to you, and on and on, so and so forth. All right, humble yourself. We're talking about how to, how to deal with slander and gossip. So what's number one? Love from the heart. What's number two? Crave the milk of the word. This is right out of the text. Number three, confront correctly, Matthew 18, 15. Number four, James 4, 10. I'm almost done. Humble yourself. Listen, I needed to come to you like a pastor tonight just to teach you because the devil wants to rip off the move of God. I will not allow it. I won't allow it. See, what do you do if somebody continues to gossip in the church? We confront them. What do you do if they continue to gossip? 
you boot them out of fellowship. You, you remove the divisive person. That is not my favorite thing. I've done it. I'll do it again. I'll do it every day of the week if I need to protect what God's doing. That's not going to allow it to happen. I can't. I can't. There's a higher law. There's a judge. I'll be judged. What if I hurt their feelings? What about all the other people that get hurt? Because of Brother Bucket Mouth. We just covered that because we picking on women a little bit. There's brother bucket mouths too. Humble yourself, James 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander. Do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, are you not keeping it? But sitting in judgment of it. The reason people gossip is so they can look good. The reason people gossip is so they can feel better about themselves generally. Pride, arrogance, gossip, slander, they're all tied together. And if you get healed of your, of, of your insecurities and your own wounds, then you, you will be less likely to curse yourself by gossiping and slandering. Just look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking to me today. But sure is a good word, praise God. Being so comforted in the house of the Lord today. Walk in the Spirit. Everybody say, walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16. Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the lusts of your fallen human nature. There was a man that got set free from being a homosexual. Um, but he was tempted every day that he woke up. And the counsel that he got was you get out when you get up. Just roll out of bed, get on your knees, and do not get up from that place until you're filled with the Spirit. And then you stay filled with the Spirit, and you'll not yield to that foul thing again. Well, he didn't, and he ended up becoming a preacher. He ended up being powerfully used by God to set other people free. Some of you continue to struggle with the same flesh problems that you got because you don't know what it is to walk in the Spirit. Listen, there's a place of freedom and joy that comes by walking in the Spirit. You got to learn to walk in the Spirit. Would you sit on the front row from now on and tell all your other worship leaders to do the same for me, please? Thank you. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus all across this place. Come on, just you're filled with the Spirit. Commit yourself, I guess it's the next point. Commit yourself to build others up. Stop it. Speak life. Don't look, don't look for the negative things. Speak life. You know, we train, we have prophetic teams on Sunday nights, say flow and minister, minister Ava is over that. And we, we, we teach them to call the gold out. That's what the Lord wants to do. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to be on, on, on his building crew, to speak life. Amen. Be an encourager. Right. Call, call forth that which is in the Lord, out of them. Hey, you know what? You can do it. I, I, my wife's amazing at it. My wife is one of the greatest encouragers I've ever met. I mean, you can't walk past this woman 
and not have her say, hey, woman of God, how you doing? Oh, you can do it. You look beautiful today. She's always saying it. I mean, I'm so blessed by it. And she's always encourages me when I... And stuff. Amen. <laughs> Come on up. Build, build people up. Ephesians 4, 29. Put it up if you would. Oh, scripture people in the back. Ephesians 4. Almost done. You getting something? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. If you have a problem, leave it up. If you have a problem with your mouth, memorize that. Scripture memory will heal you, will set you free. I've said this before, but most people, they struggle with stuff, but they never get the Word of God on that. Anger, get all, go do a word study on anger. Go, go get all the Scriptures on anger. Memorize them all. It'll sniper your anger problem. All the Scriptures on lust, all the Scriptures on greed. I mean, just name any problem, any human need that you have. Get God's Word on it. Stand on it. Memorize it. Declare it. Proclaim it. Pray it. Believe it. Have hands laid on you. And you'll walk in victory. I, I was talking to somebody just recently. Sometimes I just, in counseling, I just want to say, shut up. Read the word, obey the word, go to church, and walk in victory. Because that's what will happen. Don't look at me like that. You wanted to say the same thing. And then again, it'll come same thing, same, same thing. You know it's not you, so don't worry about it. Same thing, they come. I just can't. No, you won't. Actually, you won't. There's, there's can't means won't. Hello? Can't. Can't. There's no such thing as can't in the kingdom. I don't have that in my Bible. Jesus can do all, all, all things. Not, not some things. He can, do, he can do all things. And his word is true. His word is real. He's not a man that he should lie. He's no respecter of persons. If he did it for one person, he can do it for another. And no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And God will make a way of escape. He's bigger than opioids. He's bigger than heroin. He's bigger than lust. He's bigger than greed. He's bigger than any of that stuff. And if you'll learn to crave the pure milk of the word, you won't be a gossip. You won't be a slander. You'll walk in power. You'll walk in authority. You'll be on God's building crew you build up people and you won't be bound you won't be cursed I mean you choose which one do you want cursing or blessing then then you it's up to you what do you want Jesus to do come and crucify himself again he already did it he's not coming to do some special thing for you he already did it it's the crucifixion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ and when you receive him and repent of your sin you're born again you're translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light he takes out the heart of stone and he puts in a heart of flesh and he makes you alive unto him and as he comes into you like that you become the temple of the Holy Spirit but you need to renew this you need healing you need to get your mind saved Need, you, need, you need healing in your soul. Choose to be kind. I'm almost done. Choose to be kind and forgiving. It's a choice. 
I was at this camp. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm, com- I'm coming in for a landing. Can you play like landing music or something? Okay, so I'm, I'm, really, I'm really sensitive to noise, and maybe that's an indication that I'm becoming older and wiser. You know, shrieks and screams, like when I'm not ready and stuff like that. I just feel like, you know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. So I come out of the cloud. It's one of these times that I've come out of my camper, and there's, there's a junior hire, God bless his soul. God bless him. Does anybody spend any time with junior hires? I'm not kidding. I, I don't know that I, I mean, it was, a, it was an ongoing commentary and it didn't stop. No, really, it was an ongoing commentary that didn't end, Pastor Vince. And I was like, I just want to hear God's voice but all I can hear is, and then it's a and I took a rock and then I went and it came around and then I said, hey, look at the bird. There's a bird. You think it's going to rain? I think it's going to rain. Oh, it's rain. It's coming over the hill. I think it's that rain. I feel some rain on my face. Pastor Daniel, I don't know if my guys come by. Man, my feet hurt. Do we have to keep hiking? Whatever. And so I'm like, so I wanted to say, shut up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, not you. You're perfect. You walked on water today, didn't you? Like I said, I probably needed to spend more time in my camper, but I, I went on the hike. Listen, you got to, it's a choice to be kind and compassionate. So I knew turning as, a, you know, pastor and, and all of that and, and the, the, the authority and the weight of the office and who I am to him. He's a great young kid. There's nothing wrong with him. I was the one that had the problem. But he kept going and going. And we're hiking up this mountain. And I just thought, Lord, Lord, show me what to do. <laughs> no, it was a genuine suffering for, on my side. And so I just thought, I've got it. I doubled my pace. So that he would have to be a little bit winded and couldn't talk. But that didn't work. So I picked it up to a slow jog up a steep grade. And it worked. I'm like, hey, hallelujah, praise God. But that was kindness on my part. Don't look at me like that. Come on, I have my shortcomings just like you do, you ugly thing. You know you got issues too. You lost it over something less than that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine 20 minutes of... That's not even a minute. That's not even 60 seconds. I know some of you have junior hires. Lift your hands. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, touch them. Help them. (laughs) Help them, God. Some of you are not going to remember anything that I said but that. All right. This is... 
Lastly, I learned this from Dr. Morocco about slander and gossip. My wife got me new down pillows for my birthday. I don't like foam ones. I, like, I don't like duck feathers either. Down. Just, I like them. And I squish them and turn them and they stay cool and stuff. I'm a down, down, it's my mom's fault. Anyway. Gossip and slander is like taking one of those down pillows and going to the top of Hatcher's Pass and ripping it open and dumping all the feathers into the air. And so if you have been caught in gossip and slander, just go catch all the feathers and correct it. He said, I can't, I don't even, I can't do that. Well, you go catch the ones you can catch. It's a good lesson. It's painful, but, it, but, but, it, but it's good. Make it right with those of you spoken to. Correct it. Repent. Jealously guard over the things that have been entrusted to us. Did you get something from the Lord? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you're still in pain from someone slandering and gossiping you, raise your hand. Oh my. I won't go any farther than this, but if you would, would you stand just an acknowledgement that you want Jesus to heal you of that? You're still in pain from, from slop, slop up. God, that's slander and gossip all together. Gossip and slander. You're still in pain. Let me pray for you. Come on. Let's pray for these. If you're at home, stand up. God sees you. Father, in Jesus' name, heal the wounds. Oh, they gossip and slandered you. They said you were a wine-bibber. They said all kinds of evil against you, Lord. And I pray right now that these would drop the offense if they're offended and, and submit this to you and that you would not only heal them, but you would correct it. Lord, it's yours to avenge. I pray, Lord, a correction, that you would bring the correction, that they would not lift their hands to do it necessarily. They'd do their job to confront and be led by the Spirit. But Lord, I pray that you would comfort and heal these. Now, Jesus, you are the healer. Break every word, curse, deformation of character. Fix it. And tonight, come on everybody up on your feet now as we close. Tonight we take authority over a slandering spirit that comes to try to divide, tries to steal, tries to kill, tries to bring deformation of character. Lord, even in this house, I pray, oh God, release your blessing. Release your blessing. Shut the mouth. If there is one. With the love of God. And that we would not be carriers of defilement. Lord, cleanse us from the inside. Come on, ask God to cleanse you. We all have issues. For the grace of God, go on. Lord, cleanse us from the inside. We thank you. If you're not right with God, we want to remedy that all across this place. You're not right with Jesus. We want to give your heart to Him for the first time. You want to make a recommitment to Him if that's you. 
give your heart to Jesus first time, recommitment, or you just want to be sure. On the count of three, slip your hand up. You say, that's me, Pastor. I want to be included in this prayer. I want my sins forgiven. I want heaven in my home. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Or I'm recommitting. Or I just want to be sure. On the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. All right. Never want to embarrass anybody. That's for certain. But Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me, I will deny you. If you raised your hand and you're serious about getting right with God, as soon as Minister Micah begins to sing, you come join me right up front. And the service will just be a moment longer and we're going to close. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. I want to get right with God first time and recommit. giving their lives to Jesus for the first time, recommitting, or just to be sure. Say right out loud and say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Heal me. Set me free from any bondage, from every curse, and use my life for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that these, God, as I've made a fresh commitment or receiving you fresh for the first time, would crave the purest milk of the Word pure spiritual milk of the word that they would truly hunger for what's taken place here in your word and they would grow they would mature that you would help them but if they don't have a home church God I pray they'd make it this one and that they would grow in God forgetting that which lies behind they'd press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and you would fulfill every dream and every hope that you have for them we thank you and we praise you. Come on, just pray in the Spirit all across this place. Leaders, would you come right now? Come on, just minister to these right where they're at. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice and just worship Him. Let the Word go deep in your heart. Just a moment longer, service is over. Come on. Yes, we commit ourselves to be mature. 
We commit ourselves, Lord, to be those that release grace, that build people with our words and with our actions. Lord, we would not be on the devil's wrecking crew. Lord, that you would release a boldness and a maturity even when slander and gossip is spoken from another to bring correction, to help people not to hurt them their own lives by spreading it. God, thank you. Holy Spirit, come, come. out of the group of youth that I spent time with. Boy, they sure got on my heart. I wasn't so much amazed at that. I mean, I love people, but what I was amazed at, I was amazed that three quarters of them clearly understand that God's called them into the ministry. And the other ones are clear that they're called into marketplace ministry which is, you know, one's not better than the other. It's just obeying God and doing what He's called you to do. 
you know, that, that whole thing that, oh, well, the ministry is the ministry. Oh, stop. That's just because you're in the ministry and you think it's, it is great. You're doing what God called you to do is great. Come on, Matthew Cox in the marketplace, tearing it up for the kingdom of God. God bless you. Awesome. If we don't invade the nerve centers, then the pagans are going to take over our country. You better pray that we have senators that rise and, and business leaders that rise and marketplace innovators rise. We better pray. Amen. And, and, and encourage our kids to obey God. But I was amazed that they're all aware. Oh, yeah, I'm called. I know I am. Because I think back on a, years ago, I think we saw the same thing. But because of gossip and slander and the attack of the enemy and not having a proper structure and a school and all of that, they all got sidelined or pulled off to inferior things. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Listen, I want you to, I want you to pray for our youth and I want you, when you see them, if they're irritating you, and they're doing all that, just, just, listen, be kind. You were just like them. You know it. Worse. A pat on the back. You love on them. Encourage them. If they don't hold the door for you, don't lose it. They didn't get that from their mom or dad, apparently. You know, if they don't have, they, they keep their hats on in church, it's okay. Love them. Bless them. Tell them you can make it. Tell them, hey, you're going to do something great for God. Do like Pastor Karen. She does it all the time. Just be like that. Be like the Lord. Amen. The Lord does that. You can make it. Would you, would, you, would, you, would you encourage one another? Just try to be a blessing to all the people you run into. In the church, outside of the church, speak life to people. Bless them. Give them big tips. Honor them. Let people, let people take the parking place. You know, pump your brakes instead of, you know, riding down somebody's throat. You know what I mean? Be kind. Be compassionate. Do you get something? Father, we thank you and we praise you. Come on, let me bless you. Service is over. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, O God. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Don't miss Sunday morning. Going to be off the hook. I don't know. It's not.